This is Live on Purpose Radio, episode 481, The Dr. Paul Difference. Is this therapy or coaching? Now is the only time to create and live the life you love. I'm Dr. Paul Jenkins, the positivity psychologist. My job is to connect you to powerful positive psychology principles that immediately upgrade your relationships, business, and mental health. Are you ready? Let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. And in this episode, I'm answering a question that comes up for me. To give you the context, I am a clinical psychologist. I got my PhD in 1995 from Brigham Young University, where I completed the 21st grade. I did a doctoral dissertation. It's actually on bedwetting and why it's actually harder to wake kids up who wet the bed than kids who don't. And you'd think that might be straightforward, but it's not for a lot of people. And it had never been shown in the literature before. I did that and they gave me a doctoral degree for it, which is kind of cool. And at that point, I set up my practice in clinical child psychology with Dr. Randy Hyde at Preferred Family Clinic in Provo, Utah. Still one of the finest child and family psychology clinics on the planet. And I still regularly refer to Dr. Hyde and his colleagues there at Preferred Family Clinic. I I was with that clinic for, uh, I want to say about 12, 12 or 13 years between my residency and training and supervising that Dr. Hyde provided for me as I was working on licensure. I went through the whole thing, became a clinical psychologist, set up my my private uh, psychotherapy practice, worked primarily with children, adolescents, parents, and families. What a wonderful experience. And I did some yuck work. I, I was regularly appointed to be a a custody, child custody evaluator in divorce cases where bitter, angry, divorcing people couldn't figure out how to share their kids. I learned a lot from that. And what a valuable experience that was. And I still just honor and respect my mentor, Dr. Andy Hyde, and the good people that I was associated with all those years at Preferred Family Clinic. And then I went through a huge shift in my career. Now, there's there's a lot of personal elements to this. In my book, Pathological Positivity, chapter one is lightning strikes. And this is when I went through a very uh, challenging time of economically for myself. This busy psychotherapy practice that I had set up, I was booked out for five months solid. You couldn't even get an appointment with me. I had a waiting list. And yet I had negative cash flow for two quarters in a row. And I don't know how good you are at math, but the way I was doing the math, you can't sustain that. That's going to tank you pretty fast. And it did. Unfortunately, I hit a point where economically everything um, was upside down. 
And I made some significant changes at that point to transition my my philosophy and my practice model over to positive psychology. And that's when I started doing life coaching. Uh, Now, I'm still a psychologist, okay? And I am a life coach. In fact, I train and certify other life coaches. So what is it that I'm offering? Is it therapy or is it coaching? And my answer is mm, neither, really. I mean, it's closer to coaching than it is to therapy. But think about this for just a moment. When you put your mental health, including everything that makes up your psychology and your relationships and how you feel, all of that, you put it on a spectrum or a continuum. Clear over on the left end of that spectrum is the sick end. That's where we have diagnosis and pathology and treatment. That's over on the left end of the spectrum. Well, what's on the other end of the spectrum? If we go clear over to the right end of that spectrum, that's what really lights me up. That's what I get excited about. And to understand that end of the spectrum, let's go to the middle first. The middle is health, meaning not sick. Now, you'd think that health is the opposite of sick, right? But I'm just putting it in the middle of the spectrum. Think about your physical health, for example. You can be sick in bed with a fever, throwing up, sick. And there comes a time when you can get out of bed and you're not sick. But that doesn't mean you're truly fit, thriving prospering. That's what I'm talking about on this other end of the spectrum. And for about 12 or 13 years in my early career, I was over here on the left end of the spectrum. I would give diagnoses. I would build the insurance companies. I'd work through a treatment plan. And when people got to a point where they weren't sick, because we apply principles, right? We learn principles of psychology that allow us to change the outcomes. I'll come back to that in just a minute. But as we did that, people would get to that middle part of the spectrum. They're not sick. And guess what? The insurance company would pull the plug. Thanks, Doc, for all your service. We're no longer sick. It's no longer medically necessary. And so they would pull the plug. My clients would go away. And both my clients and I were left feeling like, is that all? Because you get some momentum, and why not continue over to that thriving, fit, prospering end of the spectrum? Well, that doesn't fit a medical model. And so I basically moved my practice from where I was for that first dozen years or so in traditional psychotherapy. And unfortunately, psychotherapy sounds a little like therapy for psychos to some folks. And that makes it inaccessible to so many people who could benefit from the principles that I had learned through my graduate training and through my early clinical career, the principles that actually make a difference in the outcomes. But when it's attached to a pathology model, it makes it inaccessible to so many people. And that's one of the reasons why I shifted my practice 
from that left end of the spectrum where we're focusing on pathology and treatment over to the right end of that spectrum where we're focusing on thriving and prospering. The problem is it's not medically necessary. And so we have to take it out of the medical model. The closest thing that I could find was coaching. And I love this concept of coaching. You think about where that comes from, okay? The sports world. I'm a big Utah Jazz fan. We got any other Jazz fans listening? I'm a huge Utah Jazz fan. I I watch every game that I am available to watch. And Donovan Mitchell is one of these young players in the league that has really impressed me. And one of the things that impresses me is his coachability. And I see him conferring with Coach Quinn Snyder, one of the leading coaches in the NBA. But honestly, who's a better basketball player? Donovan Mitchell, hands down. And yet, even though he's such an effective, talented player, he's very open to the coaching from Coach Quinn Snyder and the other coaching staff there on the Utah Jazz's team, um, which makes him a better player. It helps him to show up in and get out of his own way, really, in a lot of ways, and realize some of the potential that he brings to the team and to the game, really, because of his coachability. So if we use that model to look at the coaching end of the spectrum, coaching illuminates the principles that allow us to change the outcomes. And I love this about my job. My job is to illuminate the obvious, which is so cool because I get paid to tell people things they already know. But there are obvious things that are completely unnoticed until they're called to your attention. Like like your shirt. Can you feel it? Well, now, now that I've mentioned it, yes, you can. But notice this is obvious to you now, but it was completely unnoticed until I called it to your attention. Or the fact that we're speaking English, did you notice? See how obvious things are not always noticed. And that's where coaching can be so valuable. I've talked on other episodes about the processes that are going on in our mind. And how as we become aware of those processes, it allows us to take a higher level of choice and control over those processes. So going back to our spectrum, on on the healthy end of the spectrum, on the prospering and joyful end of human functioning, the same principles can be applied that we use to get people out of bed to move them from that not sick place into a place where they are truly rocking it. And that's, in my mind, where coaching is. Now, what does this have to do with the Dr. Paul difference? I had a conversation with one of my sales coaches, Lisa Sasevich. You can go look her up. She's the queen of sales conversations. And she's written books on the subject. She coaches. And I've had the the privilege of working with her to understand some of my own sales processes. And she said, you know, Dr. Paul, there's this, let's call it the Dr. Paul difference. What is it that makes this different from traditional psychotherapy, for example? Well, there's no focus on pathology. 
There is no assumption that you are broken or disordered. And I don't give any of my clients a diagnosis, even if they deserve it, because it doesn't fit the model that I've adopted now. There's no pathology presumption in the work that I'm doing with people now. Is it life coaching? Well, there's life coaches on every street corner. They're a dime a dozen. And, and at least right now in the state where I reside, there is no licensure required to become a life coach. Anybody can hang up a shingle and say, I'm a life coach. Now, there are some that are a lot more legitimate than others. I love what Brooke Castillo is doing at the life coach school. She's actually training and certifying coaches in a model that is extremely effective and psychologically sound. In fact, I've hired one of the people that she trained to coach me. Jody Moore, she'll be a guest on this podcast in the coming weeks. I'm a psychologist. I have a PhD in clinical psychology. So I don't really fit in either camp. But I'm bringing the skills that, that I learned and the principles that I've been able to identify over now three decades of practice to assist my clients in identifying and applying principles that change their outcomes. And that is so exciting to me. I've had so much fun with this, you guys, from a professional standpoint, but also from a personal standpoint, where I get to apply my skills and training and expertise and abandon the things that were not working, like a pathology assumption, I leave that behind and bring all of those skills and principles to the table for my clients. It's been exciting to me to see what that has done because it opens up the possibility for people who would have avoided therapy because of the taboos or the stigmas or who are not jumping into life coaching because they don't trust the industry it's allowed those people to actually have access to the principles that are changing, transforming their lives. I have parents that I work with, for example, who tell me that I have saved their family. It's not me that saved their family, you guys. It's the principles that changed their outcomes. But they needed access to that in a way that, that they could hear and embrace and apply. In fact, there's a five-part process. I'm going to share that with you real quick too, because I think this is relevant to our conversation today. There is a five-part process by which principles become the driving factors that change your outcomes. And it's not magic. It's not luck. This is so important to understand. In, a, in the old pathology model, it the thinking sometimes, unfortunately, is, oh, something's wrong with me. And that thinking doesn't help us to get better outcomes. In fact, sometimes it leads us down the wrong path. So it's not magic. It's not luck. It's principle and connecting to those. There's a five-part process by which we connect to these principles. And I label this encounter, recognize, embrace, live, and share. Let me just give you a quick overview of each of those. Encounter. 
we encounter principles in different ways. This podcast, for example, is one way to encounter principles. I know that some of our subscribers have told me, Dr. Paul, I never thought about that before because they encountered it here on the podcast. Now that leads right into the next one, recognize. Principles have to be delivered in a form and language that you actually recognize. Otherwise, it doesn't connect to you. If I were to speak to you in Finnish, a few of you might be excited because I have a few colleagues who do speak Finnish and they would be excited to hear me speak that. For most of you, no, this is an English language podcast. You are used to consuming it in English. I pointed out that we're speaking English and it's obvious, but you didn't notice it until I actually mentioned it. So you can see when I slip into Finnish, you very much notice that that's a different language. Well, I could expound all day on principles of positivity in Finnish, and most of you would just not connect to that at all. So you have to be able to recognize. Now, for those of you who are entrepreneurs or you're running your own business or you're into marketing, this has to do with your messaging. It has to be recognizable to the people that you're reaching out to. And this is true for principles too. Now, those of you who are parents, I want you to connect to that for a minute. You've got principles that you want your kids to understand, Drew. And they have to be able to encounter those principles and recognize them before they can do the next step, which is to embrace that principle. I use the word embrace because I want to take it in, okay, and hold it close. Bring that principle into your life and program your mind. Now, when I talk about programming, I'm talking about the literal neural pathways that we set up in our brain that drive everything that we do. And you're already really good at whatever it is that you've practiced because of the programming. You've, you've set it into your neural pathways. So at the embrace level, once we recognize a principle as truth, we get to practice it. And this, this can be frustrating, I know. I have one of the most common laments that I hear. Why do I do what I do when I know what I know? It's because you've already practiced something else. And you can know that a principle is true and not apply it. Have you noticed? Yeah, welcome to Earth. You're human. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. We're not going to the pathology model. Understand that this is how your brain operates. And so to install the new principle, you're going to have to put in the reps. It's going to take some practice. No surprises. And everything worthwhile that I'm aware of requires a little bit of work and effort. So be ready to put in the work, okay? Now that's three steps. Encounter, recognize, embrace. The next one is to live that principle. This is where we take the principle that we've been practicing and we actually apply it in real circumstances in our real life. We begin to live that principle. It's not enough to have it in your heart and in your head. You got to get it into your shoes, okay, so that it walks around in your life. This is the actual application. You live that principle, and that naturally leads to, our, to the fifth step which is to share. And you will find this. 
when a principle gets inside of you, it's in your heart, it's in your head, and it's in your shoes, and it's making a difference for you, you will naturally feel compelled to share that principle with others. And sometimes we drive each other crazy because you go on social media and people are like sharing, you know, this thing that changed their life and they get so passionate about it. Well, that's because as human beings, that's part of the process. Once something makes a profound difference for you, you can't leave it alone. You've just got to share it. Are you with me on this? You can probably identify the principles that are at that level for you. And you guys were all on some place on that continuum, that spectrum, okay? The one that I talked about earlier, the mental health, uh, relationships, psychological functioning spectrum, we're all on it. And how you're doing might vary from one principle to the next. That's okay. That's kind of how we roll here on this planet. So what is this Dr. Paul difference? You can tell that that it's principles that that I'm so passionate about. It's principles that determine all of life's outcomes. Principles like gravity. You never get up in the morning and wonder, huh, what if gravity's on today? It tends to be. And there are principles that determine your outcomes, your relationships, your mental health, your confidence. How you get along with your kids, your spouse, and your coworkers, it's all driven by principle. When we understand and apply correct principles, we can change the outcomes. And that is what I would describe as what uh, Lisa is coaching me to understand as the Dr. Paul difference. It's not therapy, it's not coaching. Although it's more like coaching than it is like therapy, I've come to understand. It's connecting to principles that will absolutely allow us to change the outcomes. I hope that that does something for you and that you can use that in your life today. Hey, before I turn you loose, I wanted to offer you a gift. I've put together a mini book called Portable Positivity. And this book is one that I want to give you. In fact, any listener of Live On Purpose Radio can go to liveonpurposeradio.com forward slash portable. Remember the word portable. It's the first word in the title, portable positivity. Liveonpurposeradio.com forward slash portable. I'll give you a free digital copy of that mini book. It's the positivity model that I've developed over these years in my kind of different, weird sort of practice that's somewhere between therapy and coaching. You guys are awesome. Enjoy the gift. I'll catch you on the next episode. Did you get what you came for? Give yourself the gift of taking real action on what you realized today. Please share this episode with someone you know would value it and leave us a rating too. It's time now to live on purpose.